Welcome back to the 21 Seconds Podcast. I'm your host, Colt White. Pretty short episode today, episode 140 here. We're going to talk about the Los Alamitos Winter Derby trials coming up this weekend and also the Los Alamitos Winter Championship trials that will be on Sunday and cap it off with the shoe fly stakes from Sunland Park for New Mexico breads at the very end of the episode. All that and more right after this. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by A Revenant, 2021's leading first crop sire and champion runner, and now champion sire, producer of Revenant Moon, the champion two year old filly of 2021, and also the Oklahoma Futurity winner last year. Also, the sire of Sippin' Hayden, third place in the All American Futurity in 2021, and double duty, most notably, who was third in the Rainbow Futurity this year. 2022 stud fee on a Revenant at $4,500. That's, of course, Ixie only. Standing at Dunn Ranch in Winnie Wood, Oklahoma. Make sure you book a breeding to a Revenant. Let's get into the Los Alamitos Winter Derby Trials. Four trials on Saturday night. I have three picks for each race. The first trial for 400 yards and $8,000 trial purses as well. A field of eight in this first trial heat. My top pick being the two, Doc's Fast Lane. It's a gelding by Doc's Best Card out of Bev's Fast Lane by Devin Lane. Owned by Carlos Lopez and Jaime Gomez. Jaime Gomez trains and the jockey Oscar Pinedo. Seven career starts for Doc's Fast Lane. Started out pretty hot as a two-year-old last year, won a maiden race in March at Los Al, as well as a trial for the kindergarten futurity. Finished fourth in the grade two finals in May, and also qualified at the grade one Ed Burke Million futurity this last summer. Was fourth in the trials for the Golden State Million two races back, and runner-up in the trial for the Los Al two million on November 21st. Did put in a workout at Los Al on January 11th, 220 and 1250, third fastest of eight on the day. Just a turn and work there for Doc's Fast Lane, bred in New Mexico by Jimmy and Dinah Negretti. So 62,000 in earnings for Doc's Fast Lane, my top choice here in trial one. Second pick, I'll go to the rail, number one, Scoops Dynasty. A gelding sired by FDD Dynasty out of Buy Sweet Girl by Dash and Buy. By Vaughn McNeils and Edward McNeils, Monte Rosa the trainer, jockey Armando Cervantes. Scoops Dynasty, a five-time starter as a two-year-old in 2021. A pair of fourth-place finishes to start his career off at Los Al in a maiden race and in the Juvenile Challenge Trials. Managed to get the win in the Juvenile Challenge Finals in August at Los Al before running third in the Grade 2 AQHA Juvenile Challenge Championship at Albuquerque. Most recent race was on November 21st and was third in the Los Al 2 million trials that day. Another one that worked out on January 11th, 220 and 12.60, the sixth fastest of eight on the day. Nearly 40,000 in earnings for the Idaho bred Scoops Dynasty in Trial 1. And for third, I'll go to the sixth, Tempting Dream Girl. She was a Heritage Place Fall mix sale purchase in 2020 for $24,000. Sired by Tempting Dash out of All-American Dream Girl by Strawfly Special. Owned by Javier Alvarez Jr., Valentin Zamudio the trainer, and the jockey Ruben Lozano. 
Utah bred filly has had six career starts. Started out at Sunray Park in New Mexico, ran second in the Four Corners Futurity Trials, got the win in the Four Corners Finals. Then made her way up to Prairie Meadows, finishing second in the trials for the Valley Junction Futurity, and then over to Los Alamitos, where she won a trial heat for the Golden State Million, and then ran second in a trial for the Two Million before running fourth in an allowance last time out on December 11th. So two wins in three seconds and six starts for Tempting Dream Girl, 38,000 in career earnings. Definitely one to watch out for in trial one. Race six, trial number two for the Winter Derby. I'm going to go with the three on top in this one. Just being a friend, a gelding sired by Just Being Valiant, out of six heroes, six zeros, I should say, by Walk Through Fire. Owned and bred in California by Howard Nichols, Elena Andrade, the trainer, and the jockey Rodrigo Aceves. Seven starts as a two-year-old for Just Being a Friend, all at Los Alamitos. Was it a pair of maidens to start it off? Ran seventh in both of those. Then was fourth in the Breeders' Futurity Trials in September at La Salle. Then has since been on a bit of a streak here, winning a maiden race in October. And then a few weeks after that, an allowance event. Finished second in the trials for the La Salle 2 million in November. Qualified to the Grade 1 Finals and ran second there as well. To Bomb Cyclone. So, been first or second, four out of seven tries, and 355000 in earnings for Jess being a friend, a top choice from trial number two. Second, I'm going to go to the one, Empty Promise. Empty Promise, a 2020 Los Al equine sale purchase for $30,000. She sired by separate interest out of Babe on the Fly by Strawfly Special. Bred in California by Steve Burns, owned by Javier Alvarez Jr. Trained by Valentin Zamudio and the rider Ruben Lozano. Eight starts in the career for Empty Promise. Started out at Turf Paradise, ran second in the trials for the Desert Classic Futurity. Ended up seventh in the Desert Classic Finals in April of last year. Went to Riadoso for a couple of races, running third in the Riadoso Futurity Trials. Eighth in the Rainbow Trials. Picked up a maiden win in September at Albuquerque, then ran second in the Golden State Trials, and then has since had back-to-back -back wins in the Los Alamitos 2 million trials and the Evening Snow Handicap last time out on December the 12th. So out of eight starts, Empty Promise has had three wins, two seconds, and a third, with 32000 in career earnings for the California bred. And for third, I'll go to the five, Fortunate Corona, a colt sired by Corona Cartel out of Matabari by Mr. Jess Perry. Bred in California by the Balgo Racing Team Incorporated, owned by SNS Horses, trained by Rodolfo Viramontes and the rider Jesus Ayala. Another one with eight career starts in Fortunate Corona. All of them have been at Los Al. Was third in a maiden in April of last year, sixth in the kindergarten trials as well as the Ed Burke trials, then picked up back-to-back -back wins against Maiden Company and in the Golden State Million trials, qualified to the grade one finals, ended up seventh there, 
and has since ran second back-to-back times in the two million trials and an allowance last time out on December the 19th. Two wins, two seconds, and a third out of eight starts for Fortunate Corona and 55000 in career earnings so far. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Purina. Foaling season is upon us, and what a wonderful time it is. Every breeder has high hopes for the next big horse, and nutrition plays a vital role in that happening. We at Purina know the investment of time and money you've invested into your foals and the dream you have for them. At Purina, we have been developing cutting-edge foal feeds for decades with the goal of having healthy athletic performers when it is their time. Purina offers several time-tested foal diets that can be that can make sure you are doing everything possible nutritionally for you to breed and raise that next big horse. If you would like to discuss your feeding program, Purina has a team of professionals that are eager to speak with you at your farm or race farm. Contact Scott Campbell at 281-850-9634 or email at sncampbell at landolakes.com. Mention the 21 Seconds podcast and receive a coupon for a free bag of Purina horse feed. They'd love to speak to you. Crazy if you don't take them up on that offer, by the way. So thanks to Purina for sponsorship. We have a field of nine in trial number three for the Winter Derby. I'm going to go to the nine as well in Corona Yo, a colt sired by Corona Cartel out of Harem Carver by Wave Carver. Bred in California by Eric Flores, owned by SNS Horses, trained by Valentin Zamudio, and the rider Ruben Lozano. Never worse than second in six career starts for Corona Yo. Runner-up in a maiden event, first time out in May last year at La Salle. Won a trial for the Ed Burke Million, did not qualify, then won an allowance in July at La Salle. Back-to-back seconds in the Breeders' Futurity Trials and the Grade 2 Finals. And last time out, picked up another allowance win on December 19th. So 71000 in career earnings for Corona Yo, my top choice in trial number three. For second, I'll go to the Four Woman Secrets, a gelding sired by Separate Secrets out of Brown-Legged Woman by Valiant Hero. Bred in California by Dutch Masters, owned by Noe Cano, trained by Roman Figueroa, and the jockey Jose Nicasio. Ten starts in the career of Woman Secrets. A couple of maiden races last spring, finished second and first. Second again once more a few weeks later in the kindergarten trials. Then was fifth and fourth in a pair of allowance races. Got back-to-back wins in the claiming stakes trials and finals. And then was third in the Breeders' Futurity trials in September. Managed to run fourth in the grade two finals in October. And last time out was on November 13th, running second in the Dream of Secret handicap at La Salle. Worked on January 8th, 220 and 1250. Fifth out of seven on the day for Woman's Secret. 63000 in career earnings for the Gelding. And for third, I'll go to the eight knockout cartel. A Gelding sired by favorite cartel out of Miss Jess Knockout by a political Jess. Owned by Steve Burns, Jose Flores, and George Seward. Jose Flores trains jockey Jairo Rangel. 
Eight starts in the career for Knockout Cartel. A maiden winner first time out in April of last year. Eighth in the Ed Burke Trials. Ran second in the Governor's Cup Trials in July. Was fourth in the California Breeders' Freshman Stakes a month after that. And then competed in the Breeders' Trials. And then Golden State and Lost Out 2 million trials. Finishing fourth, third, and second. And last time out was on December the 12th. Finishing third against Allowance Company. Got a workout on January 7th from Knockout Cartel. 220 and 1260, second fastest of five on the day. 10,800 in earnings for Colorado bred Knockout Cartel. On to race number eight, the fourth and final trial on Saturday night for the Los Al Winter Derby. We have a field of nine in this one as well. I'm going to go to the six, Dash a Good Reason on top. A colt sired by Good Reason SA out of Dash of Frida by Mr. Jess Perry. By Robin Gordon, Juan Moya, and S Quarter K LLC. Trained by Jose Flores and the jockey Ivor Rangel. Eight starts in the career for Dash a Good Reason. Had three straight wins to start it off against Maiden Company in the Ed Burke Trials and as well as the Juvenile Challenge Trials at Los Al. Finished fifth in the Juvenile Challenge Finals. Picked up another win in the Breeders' Futurity Trials and qualified and ran sixth in the Grade 2 Finals. Then late last fall, managed to run second in his Los Al 2 million trial and finished fourth in the Grade 1 Finals last time out on December 12th. The Washington Bread now has 172000 in career earnings coming into the Winter Derby Trials. My second pick is going to be this seven. Watch out. A gelding sired by Fly Through the Fire out of Look Her Over by Check Him Out. Owned and bred in California by Ed Allred, James Glenn Jr., the trainer, and the jockey Henry Lopez. Six starts in the career for Watch Out. Was a maiden winner on March 19th of last year at Los Al. Fifth in the Ed Burke Trials in May. Won his trial for the Governor's Cup in July and ran second in the Grade 1 Finals a few weeks later. Picked up another win in the Trials for the Los Al 2 million and finished fifth in the Grade 1 Finals. So Watch Out with earnings of 182000 so far. And for third, I'll go to the two, Terrific Chrome. A gelding sired by FDD Dynasty out of Terrific Energy by Mr. Jess Perry. Owned and bred in California by the Parsons Family Limited Partnership, Matt Bell's the trainer and Jonathan Roman will be aboard. Seven starts for Terrific Chrome as a two-year-old. First three were at Riadoso Downs, finished third in the Riadoso Trials, second in his trial for the Rainbow, and got a maiden win in August on the mountain. Shipped to Los Alamitos and finished fifth in the Golden State Million Trials, third in an allowance on October 30th, and was also fifth in the Two Million Trials two races back. And last time out, picked up an allowance win on December 18th at Los Al. 21000 in career earnings for Terrific Chrome. Then first, second, or third, five out of seven tries in his career. So good luck 
to all of those competing in the LaSalle Winter Derby Trials on Saturday. We will look at the qualifiers next week. Joining me now, making his first appearance on the podcast, been a track announcer at many tracks throughout the United States and all over the world. The current track announcer at Los Alamitos in California. Please welcome Michael Rona. All right. Well, first of all, how did you get into horse racing to begin with? Well, in Australia, horse racing is very popular. It's very much in the mainstream of public awareness. It's a popular sport with vast media coverage. And uh, you can be driving around in your car anywhere in Australia and listening to a radio station that will broadcast races live from around the country. So the exposure is, is great in Australia. The media coverage is terrific. And about the time I started high school, I became a racing fan. My grandfather bought me a horse racing board game with plastic horses and play money. You'd move the horses around the track to the roll of the dice. And I derived the most enjoyment from abandoning the rules and, uh, and just calling out the names of those 10 horses, names I still remember to this day. And I just got hooked on the whole idea. I uh, wanted to be a race caller from the time I was probably 13 or 14 years old. And uh, I... Uh, I'm one of those lucky people, Colt, roaming the planet who gets to do for a living what he's always aspired to. Well, that's awesome. Now, how, how old were you when you got your first job as a race caller? My first call on a public address system was at age 17. That was in 1983 at a track outside of my hometown of Brisbane, Australia. Brisbane's the country's third biggest city. And at a little track called Kilcoy, a couple of hours outside of Brisbane, I had the chance to call the race on a public address system. In fact, it was the second last race that day. And it must have gone all right, despite my nerves, because I was asked to come on and do the final race that day as well. So I kicked off in April of 1983. Now, how did you practice race calling when you first started out before you ever got your first job? Well, I mentioned the board game that my grandfather gave me but uh, after a while I found that calling those little plastic horses to the roll of the dice was not really going to get me very far but one thing the dice seemed to impede the flow of the race call so the next thing I did was to start drawing the colors of horses of that era the jockey silks on little pieces of paper probably about an inch by an inch and a half and I would push them across my bedroom floor They'd probably only travel a couple of feet, but in my mind, it was a six furlong race or even up to a two mile race. And uh, I accumulated more than a thousand of these little pieces of paper. I'd have them in brown lunch paper bags and have them labeled if I wanted to call a Sydney sprint race I'd grab a handful from that bag or a Melbourne staying race I'd go to that bag and so I probably drove the neighbors crazy while I was doing <laughs> this in my bedroom for uh, for some time but eventually I thought well I don't really want to be pushing pieces of paper across my bedroom floor at age 30 what's the next step and I contacted some existing race callers at the time in my hometown of Brisbane and they invited me to come out to the track and start practicing in a spare booth into a tape recorder and they critiqued me and, and that's how I started to, to build up a little bit of confidence and and how people started to get some awareness of my interest. 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Hollywood Park was your first job in the States. And do you have any favorite memories from your time there? Yeah, that's right, Colt. That goes back to May of 1990. As a 24-year-old, it was quite the culture shock to come from suburban Brisbane living at my mum's place to Los Angeles. But uh, the opportunity arose when my idol, the top race caller in Sydney, was offered the job at Hollywood Park by Marge Everett, who ran the track at that time. He declined except to come with his family for a working vacation for a few weeks. He was asked if there was somebody younger with fewer commitments who could accompany him with a view to finishing off the meet. And he called me in Brisbane. I didn't even know that he really was aware of me. His name is John Tapp. And to be sitting next to him on a jumbo jet bound for California was unreal. I still pinch myself thinking about it all these years later. And uh, he helped in the transition. But not long after he left, I was thrown into the cauldron of having to call a million-dollar grade one race, the Hollywood Gold Cup. And it's still one of the most uh, incredible races that I've had the privilege to call in more than 30 years now in America. It featured the reigning horse of the year, um, Sunday Silence, and the horse who would become horse of the year, criminal type. They had a stretch long deal, and uh, I still get shivers thinking about it. (laughs) Now, when was the first time you called a quarter horse race, and did it take some adjusting to your delivery for the sprint races when you first started, or did it come easy to you? I called the inaugural meet at Retama Park in San Antonio, in 1995 that involved some quarter horse racing i don't think i'd done any before that maybe there'd been a race or two but that was the first real taste of it subsequently i did five years at lone star park and they had a full meet dedicated to quarter horses they would run a thoroughbred meet in the spring and a full quarter horse meet in the fall and I was there five years so I had plenty of experience doing it in Texas Um, some other places I've worked such as some of the county fair meets in Northern California uh, some tracks in Arizona and and Oregon that I've been to have uh, quarter horse racing as part of their program so I've, I've had a good taste of it over the years, but you're right, it does take plenty of getting used to. Um, I remember driving through El Paso one time years ago and stopped off at Sunland Park. I'd never been to that track before, and Robert Geller at the time was the race caller, another Australian, and uh, he invited me to, to do a guest call. It was a quarter horse race, and it was a nose by a nose, and I remember turning around straight afterwards and sarcastically saying, thanks very much for that, Rob. <laughs> So, yeah, it's um, it, it's a different kettle of fish. There's a lot of pressure with the close finishes, the blanket finishes, horses so wide apart. And, uh, you know, you're aware of how much money's invested in these races and you don't want to be giving people wrong impressions. So um, it's, uh, it's high pressure right from the opening of the gate. And one of your most notable race calls was the 1996 Citation Challenge when Cigar set the all-time record with 16 consecutive wins. Is there anything you remember about that day that stood out to you? Oh, yes, many things. Matter of fact, I called John Tapp, my idol from Australia who brought me to America, 
and uh, told him how nervous I was in the days leading up to it. And uh, he, he gave me a little bit of uh, calming advice because that race pre-TVG was televised live nationwide on the CBS. It, uh, it, it was huge coverage nationwide. And um, I... Uh, and Arlington used to work with the windows open. Um, you'd really feed off the crowd noise, and the place was packed. It was jumping even when Cigar moved onto the track prior to the race. They gave him an enormous roar, and um, the whole event was was tremendous. Really great for horse racing, innovative from Arlington's management to create the race for him, and... Uh, it still stands as one of my highlights, one of my great memories, even though it goes back to the mid-90s. Now, most race callers usually have their own way of memorizing names on the horses, and you spoke a little bit about that earlier. So what is your strategy of getting all the names down, and has it changed much over the years? Well, I know that America has the color-coded saddle cloths, and yes, that's helpful, but if you've got a horse, and I'm talking thoroughbreds now, and of course we do have races around the turn, around the hook at Los Alamitos, as well as down the straightaway. So in the instance of, of races around the turn, if you've got a horse directly outside another horse, you're not going to see the saddle cloths. In a really bunched field, you might not even see enough of the colours, but you've got more of a shot with the jockey silks. And so I memorise the silks, um, even taking note of different coloured equipment, different coloured blinkers or shadow rolls can get you out of a tight spot. Um, the, the quarter horses, it's a little different. Not all of the horses will even get a mention, and you do see them coming at your head on the whole way. So, and I will say that some of the quarter horse names leave a little bit to be desired. There's a lot of very similar names. Um, and so it's, for me, a, com a combination of, of memorising some of the silks, most of them, but, but I wouldn't actually be telling you the truth if I swore that I knew every field inside out, back to front, by memory, for each of the quarter horse races. I, th there is some reference to the program, some glancing up and down, but... Certainly the favoured horses, I have a good handle on. And so it's somewhat of a balancing act, and I guess that's the best I can describe it. But, uh, it's, you know, there's just so much pressure with those quarter horse races. The start is so important, it's vital. You try to pick up everything that happens at the start, but you can't necessarily see everything from one side of the field to the other. And, um, and then you've got these potential optical illusions mid-race of, of who might be in front, and obviously the photo finishes can be diabolical. <laughs> it's It's invigorating, and I've got the greatest respect for these horses as athletes. It's just raw power. One last thing for you here, Michael. You've called races all over the world, as we've talked about in your career, but what would you say have been some of the most unique tracks that you've worked at wherever in the world? Well, I've had the chance to call races in six countries, Colt. Apart from my native Australia and the United States, I was invited to Agua Caliente 
in Tijuana, Mexico in the early 1990s when they tried to resurrect thoroughbred racing. Of course, it had a storied history and the great Australian horse Farlap won his only start in North America. It was at the time in the 1930s the world's richest race. So there's a great history there and I got a big kick out of being able to call the races for a couple of days at Agua Caliente. I've also called South America's biggest race down in Argentina, uh, the uh, Carlos Pellegrini at San Isidro Racetrack. Um, that came about when HRTV, now defunct, um, was expanding coverage of uh, Central and Southern American races and decided to experiment with an English-speaking race caller. And so I got, I got the chance to go down there and call that race. That was, I think, about nine years ago. Um, I've been to Qatar, I've called a race day in the Middle East, and uh, is that it? I think, that, oh, Canada, I've also called uh, races in uh, Edmonton at the new Century Mile track that replaced the old Northlands Park when uh, they opened in 2019. So I've got a total of six countries under my belt, and I feel... Uh, very, very grateful for, for such opportunities. It's been a wonderful ride. In 1993, Dr. John West showed that EIPH occurs during exercise when blood vessels in the lungs rupture. This is due to stress caused by high blood pressure on the inside of the vessels and strong suction forces on the outside. Only flare strips and Lasix, used together or alone, have been clinically proven to reduce EIPH. Lasix works by reducing the high internal pressures, and flare strips work by reducing the suction forces on the outside. See the science at flarestrips.com. When a horse breathes in during exercise, a strong suction force is exerted on the outer walls of the fragile pulmonary capillaries. Think of it like a vacuum cleaner in the air sacs of the lungs, pulling on the outside walls of the capillaries. This combined with high blood pressures inside the capillaries, causes the capillaries to rupture, resulting in EIPH. By reducing resistance when breathing in, flare strips turn down the suction on the vacuum cleaner in the lungs to reduce EIPH. See the evidence at flarestrips.com. On Sunday night at Los Alamitos, there are three trials on tap for the Los Alamitos Winter Championship at a distance of 400 yards. All trial purses at $8,000. Four-year-olds end up here. And in trial one, we have a field of six headed by two-time champion of champions winner, Apolitical Pence. Now a six-year-old gelding by Apolitical Jess out of Sin City by Trey Sace. Owned by Dunn Ranch, Winniewood, Oklahoma, Monte Rosa Trains, jockey Armando Cervantes. Of course, winner of the champion of champions last time out. Was also runner-up in the Remington Park Championship last year and third in the Los Al Invitational Championship while running fourth in the Go Man Go. A very stellar career for a political pence. A 12-time winner now out of 29 outs, 5 seconds and 6 thirds as well. $1.4 in earnings for the Oklahoma-bred apolitical pence. My top pick, and I expect to be the heavy favorite here in the opening trial. Finishing second to him, I'll go with the four-dock lamb, 
a four-year-old gelding by Trey Sace out of third painted sign by PYC Painter Wagon, bred in Oklahoma by the Mixer Ranch, owned by Alfonso Sandoval, trained by Rodolfo Viramontes, and the jockey Oscar Pinedo. Only eight career starts for Doc Lamb in 2021, started five times, finished third in the Winter Derby Trials last January, fifth in the Grade 1 Finals, then ran third in the Super Derby Trials, ninth in the Z-Wing Griffin Director's Handicap, and last time out was the winner of the A Ransom Handicap on December the 18th. As a two-year-old, did manage to qualify and run fifth in the Los Alamitos 2 million Futurity, so has had two wins, one second, and two-thirds in eight starts, 149000 in earnings for Doc Lamb, another Oklahoma bred. And for third, I'll go to the two, Famous Cartel Jess, a four-year-old colt by Mr. Jess Perry, out of Famous Cartel Lady by Corona Cartel, owned and bred in Texas by Johnny Trotter, Jose Flores, the trainer, Cruz Mendez, will have the call. Famous Cartel Jess already started in 2022, finished third against Allowance Company on New Year's Day at Los Al. Last year had a pretty busy year, qualified and ran third in the Riodoso Invitational on the mountain, and also finished second in the Sergeant Pepper Feature Handicap in August at Los Al. As a two-year-old, qualified to a pair of futurities in California, the Golden State and Los Alamitos 2 million futurity, both grade ones. A two-time winner from 14 out, six seconds and three-thirds for Famous Cartel Jess. 116000 in career earnings. Moving on to race eight, trial number two for the winner championship. I'm going to go with the seven on top in this one. O'Donovan Rosa, a four-year-old gelding by A Political Jess out of Santa Chi by Country Chicksman. Owned by Garvin Kelly and Lloyd Yoder, Juan Alamon the trainer, and the jockey Diego Herrera. Donovan Rose of the Oklahoma bred was busy in 2021, finished third in the Jack Brooks Stakes at Remington Park, made a trip to Riodoso as well, then went to California and finished second in an allowance, fifth in the Super Derby Trials, got a win in the Southern California Derby Trials, and finished ninth in the Grade 2 Finals. Multiple stakes qualifier here and a three-time winner from 18 outs, four seconds and two-thirds as well, and the Oklahoma bred has 67000 in career earnings so far. Donovan Rosa, my top pick. Second, I'll go to the three other world, another four-year-old gelding by Foose out of Celestial Being by NXS. Owned by Victory LLC, Valentin Zamudio, the trainer, and the jockey Ruben Lozano. 19 career starts for other world, another one that was busy in 2021. Broke his maiden at the beginning of last year. Finished third in the maiden stakes trials. And then ran in five straight allowances, finishing sixth, then back-to-back seconds, and then back-to-back wins this past summer. Also the winner of the Genzel List Memorial California Breeder Stakes in August and the Sergeant Pepper Feature Handicap. Was runner-up in the Los Al Invitational Championship in October. And then two races back was eighth in the Z-Wing Griffin Directors. And last time out, third in the A Ransom Handicap for Other World. 82000 in career earnings for the Ed Allred bred in California. And then for third, I'll go to the four, La Australia Corona. A four-year-old filly by Corona check out of Shadow Lake by Salt Lake. Owned by EG High Desert Farms, Jesus Nunez trains, jockey Jose Nacasio. Last year as a three-year-old, 
La Estrella Corona, was fifth in the Winter Derby Trials, second in the Oaks Trials, qualified to the Grade 3 Finals and finished seventh, picked up an allowance win this past fall, and also qualified to the Grade 2 Southern California Derby, where she ran sixth last time out on December the 19th. Three-time winner from 15 outs and 48000 in career earnings. Race number nine, the third and final trial for the Winter Championship on Sunday night. I'm going to go with the two flashback. Gelding sired by Moon and the Eagle out of check and back by Check Em Out. Newly owned by Valeriana Racing Stables LLC, Jaime Gomez, the new trainer, and the jockey Oscar Pinedo. Busy year in 2021 for flashback. Winner of the Los Al Winter Derby a year ago. Also a finalist in the Rainbow Derby. Third in the All-American Invitational. The winner of the Grade 1 Super Derby this past fall and runner-up in the Grade 1 Champion of Champions last time out. A seven-time winner from 16 career starts. Five seconds and a third to go along with that. $1,042,000 in earnings for Missouri bred flashback. He's going to have to outrun another seasoned horse in the one Circle City as my second pick, a five-year-old gelding sired by favorite cartel out of Moonlight Corona by Corona Cartel. Owned and bred in California by Ed Allred, Scott Willoughby the trainer, and the jockey Jesus Ayala. Circle City was third in the Grade 3 Bar Handicap last year, also the winner of the Grade 1 Vessels Maturity and the Spencer Childers Breeders' Championship, was a finalist in the Grade 1 Los Al Invitational Championship, and ended up sixth in the Grade 1 Champion of Champions last time out. Another one with the multiple graded stakes races on his resume, multiple graded stakes wins, an eight-time winner from 22 outs, three seconds and two-thirds as well, 446000 in earnings for California-bred Circle City. And for third, I'll go to the five you can run. A five-year-old gelding by favorite cartel out of You Can Fly by Walk Through Fire. Owned and bred in California by Steve Burns, Michael Castleman trains, Jockey Cruz Mendez. You Can Run had a pretty light 2021 last year. Was the winner of the California Breeders Sprint Stakes in July. Also won the Grade 1 Go Man Go. Was 8th in the Grade 1 Invitational Championship in October. And last time out was 7th in the Champion of Champions. This one has a lot of graded stakes on his resume as well throughout his career. A six-time winner in 16 outs, five seconds and a third as well. 172000 in earnings for You Can Run. So good luck to all of those competing in the Winter Championship Trials on Sunday night. We'll have a look at the qualifiers next week. This episode is brought to you by Dunn Ranch, located in Winniewood, Oklahoma. Standing Jess Lips, One Valiant Hero, Highest Fire, Dash Master Jess, PYC Fun and Fancy, Leading Freshman Sire A Revenant, and new in 2022 graded stakes winning constituent. This is one of my favorite stallion lineups in the whole country. Make sure you get a breeding to one of them in 2022. They're definitely all worth the stud fee. If a breeding is not what you're looking for, then don't worry. Dunn Ranch also folds out mares. They can take care of your embryo transfers and semen transfers and are one of the best in the country when it comes to sales prep. They can pretty much help you with anything at Dunn Ranch. And for more info, go find them on Facebook and Instagram, or you can go to their website at dunranch.com or give them a call at 580-279, followed by four sixes. 580-279 and four sixes. Make sure you get in contact with Dunn Ranch in Winniewood, Oklahoma.
get into the New Mexico bred shoe fly stakes on the 29th this weekend. Purse of 125,000 plus, going 400 yards, a field of 10, and an also eligible in this field. Number one is actually my fourth choice. That's River Flash at 7 to 1 on the morning line. River Flash, a gelding by Chicks Regard, out of Riverside Flash by First Moon Flash. Owned by Ben Ivey and Robert Driggers, West Giles the trainer, jockey Alan Hernandez. River Flash, his only start of 2022, was a second place finish in the trials for the shoe fly here. Only four starts career wise for him. Started out at Rio Doso Downs, eighth in the Mountaintop Futurity Trials as a two year old, then got back to back wins in the New Mexico State Fair Futurity Trials and the State Fair Juvenile at Albuquerque in September. There before running second in the trials. 36000 in earnings for Ivy Cattle Company, Bread River, Flash. Number two, Went at 3-1 to one on the morning line, a gelding by Big Daddy Cartel out of Astica by Jesse James Jr. This one was a 2020 Riodosa, New Mexico bread purchase for $36,000. Owned by Scott Branson and Jimmy Vasquez, Eric Valenzuela, the trainer, and the jockey Sergio Becerra Jr. Went was a winner in the trials on January the 7th. Broke his maiden in the trials, as a matter of fact. His first time out as a two-year-old was at Remington Park. Ran fourth in a maiden at the end of March last year. Sixth in the Mountaintop Trials. Back-to-back second-place finishes in the Zia and All-American Trials. And finished his two-year-old campaign off with a couple of maiden races, finishing sixth and third. So 13000 in earnings for MJ Farmsbred went. The three is Antonori at 6-1. to one. I feel like by Big Daddy Cartel out of Miss Tots by Mr. Jess Perry. She's a Riodosa yearling purchase in 2020 for $15,000. Owned by Super Champion Incorporated, Eric Valenzuela Trains, Jockey Luis Flores Garcia. This filly also a winner in the trials for this one. Was a maiden winner two races back at Zia Park. Also managed to run second in the New Mexico State Fair Juvenile. Was a finalist in the New Mexico Breeders Futurity at Sunray. And also fourth in the Desert Classic Futurity at Turf Paradise as a two-year-old. So two wins, two seconds, and two-thirds and nine starts for Antonori. And 44000 in earnings for another MJ Farms bred. My third choice is going to be the four, The Calling, at 5-1, to one, a gelding by Big Daddy Cartel out of Fine Wines by First Down Dash. This one was a Riodosa, New Mexico bred yearling in 2020 for $17,000. On by Javier Chavez, James Gonzalez III trains, jockey Mario Delgado. The Calling, also a winner in the trials on January the 7th, lightly raced, only five starts in his career. He was fifth in the mountaintop trials, his first start as a two-year-old, then competed in back-to-back maiden races on the mountain, finishing third and first, and was also third in an allowance at the end of the Rio Dosa Down season, two races back in September. 21,000 earnings for the calling. Yet another MJ Farmers bred here in the shoe fly field. Second choice is going to be the five flash and fire at eight to five. Had to pick against him since he's <laughs> such good odds. I had to pick somebody else to win it, I guess. Flash and Fire by First Moon Flash out of Episode of Fire by Walk Through Fire. Josephina Guzman, the owner. 
Santos Carrizales Jr., the trainer, and the jockey Juan Polito. We'll see if the winning streak will come to an end for Flash and Fire. He won both the trials and the finals for the Grade 1Z of Futurity to start the winning streak and also captured a victory in the Grade 2 New Mexico Classic Futurity at Zia Park in October. Earner of 297,000 lifetime, a five-time winner from seven career outs in Flash and Fire. Number six, Holland Rock at 8-1 to one on the morning line, a gelding by Rock Solid Jess out of Holland Fire by Holland Ease. Owned and bred in New Mexico by Bob and Sissy McClure, Fred Danley the trainer, and the jockey Noe Garcia Jr. Holland Rock was third in the trials last time out. Still a maiden in 10 career starts, but does have some graded stakes on his resume already. He ran second in the New Mexico State Fair Futurity at Albuquerque in September and was also a finalist in both the New Mexico Classic Juvenile and the Southwest Juvenile Championship at Zia Park. So of those 10 outs, he's been second six times with one-third as well, 98000 in career earnings for Holland Rock. My top choice is going to be the 7 Zia at 4-1. to one. A gelding by First Moon Flash out of Zuby Cartel by Corona Cartel. Owned by Jose Espinoza and Curtis Greenwich. Jim Laird as well. West Giles Trains. Jockey Adrian Ramos. This one was second in the trials. Two Flash from Fire. Was really closing on the outside there, so I've got Zia on top. As a two-year-old, ran third in the Turf Paradise Futurity Trials. Fifth in the Mountain Top. Seventh in the Zia. Then got a maiden win at Albuquerque and an allowance win at Zia at the end of the fall. So 47000 in career earnings for Zia on a bit of a roll here as of the last four outs. Number eight is Renica at 10 to 1, a Philly by Big Daddy Cartel out of Woody's All-Star by Woodbridge. This one's another Riodosa, New Mexico yearling in 2020 for $15,000. Owned by Heavy Hitters Racing Stables and Triple R Racing Stables. James Gonzalez, the third trains, and the jockey, Jose Alvarez. Renica was fourth in the trials for the shoe fly in her only start this year. Is a multiple graded stakes qualifier. Finished second in the grade three New Mexico Breeders Futurity in May of last year. Was also third in the Grade 2 Mountaintop Futurity and a finalist in the Grade 1 Zia Futurity about three races back at Riodosa Downs. So Renica with three wins and eight starts, a second and a third to go along with that, and 74000 in career earnings. Another MJ Farms bred as well for Renica. Number 9, J.C. New Dawn at 8-1. to one. A gelding by Woodbridge out of Fly Stoli's Chick by Stoli. Owned by Federico Gonzalez and Telma Moraz. Edgar Moreno trains jockey Daniel Torres. J.C. New Dawn, second in the trials last time out. Lightly raced, only five career starts. Seventh in the Breeders' Futurity Trials at Sunray, first time out. Fifth in a maiden at Riodoso Downs. And then got back-to-back -back wins at Albuquerque, winning a maiden and an allowance race before the Shoe Fly Trials Last time out, 42000 in earnings for J.C. New Dawn coming from the nine hole. And number 10, Wish Big at 12 to 1 on the morning line, a gelding by Big Daddy Cartel out of Wish You Had One Two by Stel Corona. 
This one's a Rio de New Mexico bred yearling as well for thirteen thousand five hundred and twenty twenty. Owned by Sebi Gonzalez, James Gonzalez the Third trains jockey Ricky Ramirez, and another MJ Farms bred here in Wish Big was third in the trials last time out. Only three career starts for Wish Big was third in the Mountaintop Futurity Trials at first asking and qualified to the Mountaintop Juvenile and ran ninth two races back. They have a nice work coming in to the trials of this one as well. Twenty seven hundred in earnings for Wish Big on the far outside. And a look at the also eligible number 11 runtime. She's by Big Daddy Cartel at a first prize, Amanda by DMV Mountable. On by Ezra Lee, West Giles Trains, Jockey Jose Ortiz. Runtime was a winner in the trials. She's now managed to make the top 10. Also qualified to the Grade 2 Mountaintop Futurity as a two year old, ran second in the Desert Classic Futurity at Turf Paradise in April of last year. 33000 in earnings for runtime. So in the shoe fly stakes, I'll go with the 7, Zia on top, followed by the 5, Flash and Fire, then the 4, the Calling, and the 1, River Flash as my fourth choice. Seven five four one in the shoe fly. That's going to be it for this episode of the 21 Seconds Podcast. I appreciate all of you for listening. Good luck to everybody running this weekend. And next week, we'll look at the West Texas Derby from Sunland Park. That'll be the big race to talk about next week. So stay tuned for that. I'll talk to you next time.